You're listening to episode 85 of the Mad Chatters podcast, May 11th, 2016. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Mad Chatters Podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney Universe. My name is Derek, and I'm joined by my fellow hosts, Matthew. Hey there. And Jeremy. Don't blame me. I voted for Alicia Florick. Oh, it's too soon. Too soon to talk about The Good Wife. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Disney. And so we're going to get started with a round of the Disney Fix. For our new listeners, or old listeners, because this segment is still a little confusing, the Disney Fix is just where we talk about anything Disney-related that has been on our minds lately that we want to discuss as a group. And since, Jeremy, it was your idea for us to do this segment, I'm going to throw it over to you. What do you have for us today? I have something that my mother bought me, and uh, I've seen it on newsstands, and I would encourage everyone to pick one up if you are a fan of Walt Disney, and that is a special Life magazine edition all about Walt himself, and so I'm showing Derek and Matt it now. It's called Walt Disney from Mickey to the Magic Kingdom, and it's, you know how they do like these special editions, so it's not even like the magazine as far as like any normal articles, the whole thing is just dedicated to Walt, and uh, it kind of just goes through and shows some really fun pictures and things of his career and life. Um, it actually starts before Mickey, even though it says it's from Mickey, but uh, to the Magic Kingdom. But it starts in Marceline and shows his family a little bit, a little bit of Oswald. Then, of course, there's a major section on Mickey Mouse and Snow White, as you would expect. And then uh, some of his troubles that he had with his studio strikes. And all the way up to uh, Disneyland. And so it's a really cool uh, – oh, and they even have a little thing here I just noticed uh, after Walt. So it gives a little ending there. But uh, it's a really nice addition. It costs thirteen ninety nine. How many pages is that? It's uh, 95 Wow. That looks nice. Yeah, it's a nice little thing. And uh, apparently it's on newsstands. It says it's till uh, July 15th. So check out your local, maybe Barnes and Noble, uh, probably those kind of places would have this more than uh, just a, like a grocery store, but maybe they would have it too. But uh, yeah, really cool thing to check out. I've been seeing that a lot on Twitter. I had no idea it was, a, it was that extensive though. That looks great. The first time I saw it was uh, the photographer we all like, or at least I like Tom Bricker because uh-huh. he posted because his picture is on the back there that you're seeing on the back cover there. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Of the fireworks behind the castle, that's his. So he, he. I saw him mention it first. That looks pretty. Oh, cool. that's amazing. I wonder if he got paid for that. I hope he did. Oh, I bet he did. <laughs> this is my favorite picture of Walt in the whole thing. It's just like him, like laying on a couch with his feet kicked up, like not like a normal lay, like how you lay when you're yeah. five, <laughs> and like your feet are like on the back of the couch, and he's reading some kind of uh, looks like music 
for maybe Snow White or Fantasia. Smoking a cig. Just got his arm behind his head and a cig hanging out of his mouth. And uh, that's the Walt I would enjoy hanging out with. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen that picture before, which is kind of impressive to say these days. I feel like I've seen it all, but cool. I'm going to have to pick that up. Okay, my uh, segment for the Disney Fix is actually inspired by an email we got today. And this is from Tristan. He says, I found this article and wondered if it is possible to go to Disney and avoid children. I know you cannot avoid children completely, but is it possible to use this article to lessen my exposure to children? And I figured this was something that you too would want to speak into. So I'm going to read portions of this article from Thrillist. And it starts by saying, here are 10 ways to have the perfect trip to Walt Disney World without gulp encountering children. So I thought I'd just read the 10 ways and you can kind of say whether or not you agree. And at the end, we can just give our thoughts on how we feel about this article in general. Okay, so tip number one for avoiding children, thrive in the childless express lines. It says young kids are rarely left alone to ride by themselves. So in single rider lines, your odds of waiting, boarding and riding without coming close to a kid are exponentially higher. Agree? No. I mean, sure, you're still going to be standing in line next to the regular line in most cases. And then chances are you're going to be seated next to a child. Well, no, that's not true because usually if you're a single rider and they need a single rider, the children don't like to sit next to the stranger. So you're usually next to the mom or dad. So that might be partially true. Yeah, I actually kind of agreed with that one because I'm thinking like test track, rock and roller coaster. You kind of go in separate lines completely. Are there more tips than that one? Yeah, there are 10. Let's just say if you want to avoid crowds, because crowds equals children. If you want to avoid the crowds, get there for opening. Now you're going to be in a massive amount of crowd until they open it. Get there at opening and go do the things you want to do when it's relatively uncrowded in the rest of the park. Hold on, let me read the rest of the tips first, because you're starting to step into it a little bit. Well, that's what I asked for. Okay, okay. The second one says, decode extra magic hours to work in your favor. It says never, ever, ever go before the park opens, but anything after 10.30 p.m. following the evening shows is prime time for childless adults. Now, Matt, you just said get there when the park opens. I do. I I agree. Get there when the park opens, and that will give you a lot of leeway to go ride the things you want to ride with as as little interaction with people in general. Yeah. Because although it's going to be crowded up front the lines will be significantly shorter and there'll be less standing around with children. So I would say that. Again, don't go near parades. Get home and take a break in the afternoon or to the hotel and then go back for late night. You're exactly right. Extra magic hours. Do this after hours thing, after hours parties, and then and stay away from where the crowds are. That's just yeah, general. Okay, let me read a few more in a row because like a... Um, I think you're starting to make some of his same points. He says, stick to secretly legit places children can find, children will find less fun. So he mentions like the people mover or the quote museum quality exhibits in world showcase, one man's dream, the hot tub at the hotel, stuff like that, that children won't find as enjoyable. He says, number four, eat in restaurants that aren't as family friendly, like California. He goes straight for the, you know, very, very expensive places. California Grill, Jico, Morimoto Asia, and Skipper Canteen. Number five, skip the free transportation, hire cars, or walk instead. Okay, this is where I got to the list, and I'm like, okay, he's giving tips 
for, actually it's a she, excuse me, it's Carly, but she's giving tips that like really make you go out of your way to avoid children at a park that, let's face it, is... Don't say it. A lot, a lot of it is for children, or at least meant to include children. Yeah. You know, I can accept it meant to include, yeah. but not geared towards or made for. He says, Disney transportation, which is offered free to resort guests, is ground zero for encountering a sea of children. So he says, use Uber. Um, oh. Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios have designated drop-off points. He says, walk between Epcot and Hollywood Studios, which, I mean, that's fine. But I feel like these are just kind of making your vacation difficult just so you can avoid yeah. kids. <laughs> I have a question. Who is this person? Uh, I keep saying he. Her name is Carly Weisel, and it was on Thrillist.com. Okay, and this is a... Uh, oh, but the person that emailed you, who's this? The person is Tristan, and I believe it's... How a, old is Tristan? It, that's the, All I know is Tristan. Listen, I, and I don't think we should appoint... Or I don't think we should approach this list as as you have to do all of these, but I think when I, the way I would approach this list is we all have those moments... Where we don't want to be around children. Yes. And so indeed. I would then pick and choose. Like, ah, yeah. Here's a time where I would prefer some adult time. And I so would I'm going simply to ask. Walk or whatever. Mm. Yeah. I would simply ask Tristan if he was ever a child. <laughs> well, uh, uh, that I, I agree with you, Jeremy. To do all 10 of these is just going to make your trip three times more difficult than it needs to be. But I can't really disagree with any of these points. These are good ways to avoid children. Yes. Listen, let me just pull back the curtain a little bit. on the. Let me pull back the magic a little bit here, okay? I have a 10-month-old nephew, and he is uh, everything to me and more. Uh, he and my sister have recently moved in to uh, where I'm currently living, and... Um, I get why people need time away from children. <laughs> I absolutely get it. So there's no judgment on my on my end, Tristan. All right, let Matt judge you. Oh, no, I'm not judging you. If you're because I have the same thing. When I go to Ohana, you know, I don't want children doing coconut races next to my table. Right. So I get what you're saying. It, my my opinion would be coming from someone who just has an abject hatred of children in general which is i would ask you if you were ever a child and if you just were born in this world as a 21 year old with that being said let me go ahead and just just read the last five points he and says, with that being said as well my condolences to your mother if you were <laughs> <laughs> he says hit the bars hidden outside the parks like jock Lindsay's, trader sam's especially especially the ones that are 21 and up after 8 p.m like trader sam's he says plan ahead when it comes to eating and snacking he says you're I keep saying he. She says, your suitcase should be 30% granola bars. Why? Because the last thing you want is to be hungry in the park and fighting the masses for an ice cream cone. So see, she suggests like making late night dinner reservations for outside the parks or schedule meals that overlap with the fireworks so that way you can avoid the kids in general. If I had a backpack full of granola bars, I would still be hungry. Oh, that's right. You have a weird thing about the texture of granola bars. They're very grainy. Okay, well, we'll address that <laughs> on our next therapy session. Pulling uh, back the curtain even further. <laughs> yeah. Number eight, make Epcot your one-stop party shop. Basically, she means do the Epcot bar crawl. Actually, her quote is, Epcot is the secret raging party you never knew was happening. So that's interesting. 
Number nine, visit the parks during special events like food and wine. She even mentions Disney After Hours, which shows how new this article is. And finally, she says, "You, I guess if you still want to do all the kid stuff, just find ways to do it without the kids. Like during Fantasmic, get in line for Tower of Terror or Star Tours. She says, watch the Star Wars fireworks, not from the you know, Hollywood Boulevard, but watch them over from Men and Bills or catch the later parade rather than the earlier parade. Just little tips like that. So I think those are probably more realistic than don't take Disney transportation at all or I don't know. Don't ride the ride you want to ride, but instead go to the museums and World Showcase because that's where kids won't be. Well, it's like, okay, eventually you're going to have to ride attractions that kids also ride. And listen, I've had my complaints about children in the park, but the more I think about it, too, I also have a lot of complaints with the parents. It's, it's a lot of times the parents that are the ones that are yes, annoying or <clears> – <throat> No, but it's the parent that all of a sudden when you're waiting for the parade is trying to shove their child in front of you. It's the parent yeah. that – is you know making a fool of themselves you know because the child is screaming or crying or whatever so you know it's it's a catch 22 that being said to answer tristan's question i think you could you could do a pretty good job of avo- avoiding children by following those 10 steps but you're never going to completely avoid them so good luck anyway sorry that took a long time but that was my disney fix matt what about you Mine comes in the form of surprise, surprise music. I often have a soundtrack for my day, and I sometimes I pick from Google Music. Sometimes I pick from Spotify, Pandora, or Songza. And because I know which one, I know what each one does well. So I know if I want to listen to one thing, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. And one thing I've discovered recently, I think it was on a Facebook ad, was the. Um, the Sounds of Alani, which is a channel on Pandora. I love Hawaiian folk music, and this is the best of the best, mixed in with some Hawaiian folk versions of Disney songs uh, every once in a while. And then there's a little ad here and there for the Disney Vacation Club. It's just a nice little reprieve to your day. You know, if you want to take a siesta in the afternoon, turn on some relaxing steel guitar Hawaiian music versions of When You Wish Upon a Star and other things and uh, it's like it's like watching um the resort television channel except well you're just listening to it so i would advise anyone that enjoys relaxing hawaiian music to check that out i'm surprised alani which is the disney resort in hawaii is not at the top of your list of things to do matt uh, uh it, it it's up there but um i'm we more a park po. person <laughs> yeah <laughs> what we was Poe. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. Disney. Confessions. Sometimes I dream about what a legend I would be in the Disney fan community if I burned Stitch's Great Escape to the ground. Disney. Confessions. I recently told a friend about Tokyo Disney Sea. 
She said, I get it, like Disneyland, but Disney Sea. That was literally the first time I ever realized that play on words. Before that, I think I just assumed it was a poor English translation. Disney. 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 Confessions. 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 I once urinated on the storm slide at Typhoon Lagoon. Disney. 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 Confessions. 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 I think what Epcot really needs right now is more Nathan Lane. Disney. 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 Confessions. Confessions. A few episodes ago, I debated on the side of the Mickey Premium Ice Cream Bar, but I've never actually eaten one. Disney. 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 Confessions. 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 In the Pocahontas scene from Fantasmic, I root for the colonists. (laughs) (laughs) Disney. 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 Confessions. When people give me Mickey stickers, or forward me Disney movie quizzes, or post Mulan quotes on my Facebook page, I want to clarify that I'm a Disney Parks fan. But I just smile and say thank you. Disney, Disney, Disney. Confessions, confessions, confessions. Just once, I would like one of the spinners to go completely insane. And for all the cars just to immediately go up and down and up and down and up and down. And for people to, like, get sick and be vomiting and stuff. <laughs> Disney. 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 Confessions. Confessions. <laughs> they just can't stop it. It's like they're pushing all the buttons and it just keeps going crazier and crazier. Disney. 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 Confessions. 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 And then, like, the pattern shifts, and then some of them are going up and some of them are going down, and everybody's getting sicker. <laughs> Disney. 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 Confessions. 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 This is not a joke. It's time for another Mad Q Party on this show. And for our new listeners, this is where we just have fun discussing some hypothetical what-if questions related to Disney World or the Disney Universe at large. And we have fun discussing our answers. So without further ado, I'm going to get us started with our first question in this Mad Q Party. And it says, if Disney were to make a movie that takes place in Walt Disney World, what would you want the plot to be? Matthew. Okay, so this takes place in Walt Disney World, and honestly, when I thought about this question, it the answer that we've given before, I actually think it was Jeremy who said it. If it was, or maybe I just read it online, I don't remember. But if it was set in the Magic Kingdom, and it was sort of a, a night at the museum sort of thing, where somehow in some movie magic kind of way, in a storyline that doesn't make sense, children or, or adults or someone are left in the park after hours, and of course the, the magic comes to life and all the animatronics are released from their 
their their positions as if their shift ended. You know, in Pixar fashion, you enter their world. Their shift ended. They're clocking out. They're changing their costumes, and you know, you see the real life of the auctioneer. The the you know behind the magic, behind the mask of the auctioneer. He's really a soft, soft sensitive artist. A painter, if you will. I don't know. Who hates the misogynistic role he's been thrown into. Mm. Yes, exactly. Him and the fat guy in front of the barrel that used to yes. talk every about time hoisting he has his to, colors. Every time he has to tell them, uh, show your larboard side, like he dies a little bit inside. Yeah, so he drinks away his cares at Trader Sam's every night. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, be our oh. guest. He can't leave the Magic Kingdom, so he has That's to go to the right. only source of alcohol to be our yes. guest. Yes. Okay, I would love to see a Night at the Museum type thing. To see all these animatronics come alive would be mm-hmm. amazing. But I actually think it'd be better for them to be exactly their characters. Yes, me too. I was just taking it a step further. Like, what what would make it even more interesting is if they just were completely different than how they're portrayed. I mean, that's an interesting twist. But, you know, I can see, like, every all the women being totally offended by all the pirates. Like, do not hang out with them, you know? Yeah. But I was like, the plot could be that someone is trying to bring screens to all the attractions <laughs> and the animatronics are really fighting for it and the villains could be like all the characters in Pixar place because Toy Story Mania is basically a screen attraction so like all the monkeys that are hanging outside the building or the toy soldiers or whatever all of them are the villains because they're like no screens have to stay I don't really know where it goes from there and the animatronics like unionize Yes. And, but you. the main villain would be the um, recently hired Universal executive who's now the vice yes. president of Walt Disney World. And he's uh, a conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. Probably so. And I'm picturing one scene where, like, the music gets really dramatic, you know, because they're all, like, trying to creep. And everyone turns around and it's just, like, Sunny Eclipse playing the keyboard. And he stops and he's like, sorry. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> but he's mm. secretly, like, he's actually married to, like, the bride in the Haunted Mansion attic. Oh, so. yeah. But yeah. he'll lose his head by the end of the movie. I don't want well, that. she's not really that way. because She's That's really right. actually, she's like, sweet. a conservative, um, like, conservative. loving <laughs> woman who, like, she just wants to be a Proverbs 31 woke woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, my word. That's great. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Um, my movie is... Um, going to take place uh well it's going to be called escape the values and basically what it is is it takes place it's set at like all-star sports during cheerleader weekend but all the cheerleaders have turned into zombies and so the whole thing is like you have to try and get away from these uh scary zombies and killing them because zombies are a thing now you know Uh, ah yeah yeah I'm, i'm jumping on a trend but uh anyways and so yeah I, I okay. think there's potential there. That is just barely worse than my all-star sports experience. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. I don't know why they haven't made a movie that takes place in Walt Disney World. Like, that would be my wildest dreams come true if they somehow found a good way to do that. Did you see um, the one guy online who always posts, like, the top five list every Saturday or the Saturday six or whatever that is? Okay, yeah. This is touringplans.com. Okay. He did the um, Thunder in Paradise. Thunder in Paradise. The whole Hulk Hogan show that used to be filmed at Walt Disney World. And he did like the top like six, but it ended up being like ten Walt Disney World locations. Because they filmed that show all over Walt Disney World. I had no idea. 
you need to look this up because literally, like, they were in the Morocco Pavilion, they're <laughs> at Bay Lake, they're at the Grand Floridian, and he has like screenshots of all these different things all over Walt Disney World. Wow. Not worth watching the show, I'm sure, but worth reading that article. I feel like our ideas were better than any Hulk Hogan show, but <laughs> I'll give it a chance. Give I'm going to find the link and send it to you right now. Cool. Okay, Matt. In the meantime, what's number two? Question two. What would you add to the Disney After Hours event to make it worth the $150 price tag? And I will answer first because I want to say kidney. I would need an entire kidney to make it worth that amount of money. Not that I need a kidney, but just in case, that would make it worth it. Yeah, two years worth of life insurance. No, I'm just kidding. Jeremy, you you go. I was... uh, Throwing that in there is lightheartedness. A little humor on this week's show. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So dry. I, thought, <laughs> I actually thought deeply about this question because <laughs> I really considered like what would make me pay $150. And I think the only thing that really – it would be nice to have like a souvenir maybe, like a mug or a shirt. But I think ultimately what would make it – well, if, if you did that, plus I would want a table service meal at the Magic Kingdom that night. Um, so that's going to be my answer. So when you book it, okay, they say, all right, you are allowed into the park at 7, and then you can have a reservation at any of the sit-down restaurants. Maybe not Cinderella Castle, but Tony's, Crystal Palace, Be Our Guest, Liberty Square, or uh, Liberty Tree. Um, one of those sit-down restaurants, you can, uh, you your meal is whatever, you know, like a dining plan kind of thing. I think that would incentivize me more to say, okay, you know, 150 for however many hours it is, ends up being like seven hours total, plus dinner at a nice restaurant there. And then even if you threw in, because I mean, Disney could print up a million shirts and they'd cost them a penny each. So if you threw in like a shirt, like a special collector, you know, whatever shirt, uh, that might be up worth $150. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I go a step further and say, give me a meal on an attraction. Like, serve me like a late night snack. After the rides are closed, you can you can choose like one of three different attractions to have your meal on. Okay. I'm I was like, you want like a lunch tray like as Space Mountain is taking off? Like <laughs> yeah, <that's> no. <laughs> more like Jungle Cruise or Haunted Mansion. Like slow moving I don't know. Something with the lights on, maybe. I, or, or, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I didn't think that through enough. How about like a reception on the Liberty Bell? or the There you go. There yes. we go. Yes, that would be nice. Because I was thinking you have 3,000 people in the park. You're going to need more than just one attraction to host a meal for people. there. That's a good idea. Um, I also think you should have a photo souvenir. Like there should be really good photo pass people set up by like a few select attractions that are really well lit at night. Or, like, creepily lit, like Haunted Mansion, you know, and get a really good shot of you by yourselves in front of that. And I don't know what they could do, but it would kind of be cool to have the Main Street Electrical Parade floats out there for you to be able to interact with them or get pictures with them. Or I I don't know what. Pictures probably wouldn't turn out great. And rare characters. There should be, and it should rotate, I'm just saying one spot in the park where you have a rare character meet and greet. Rare characters is one of mine. And it's part of mine is layered. I don't think there's there's one thing they could do to make it worth $150. It would have to be a layered approach. And I just put a voucher for a quick service meal, but 
you know, I could see a table service, maybe. Uh, that might get a little out of hand on, on Disney's end unless they fix the menu. But I also said rare character meet and greets, your Disney afternoon characters, Robin Hood, DuckTales, you know, the things that they brought out for the rare character or the long lost friends thing. The only thing is you'd have to have a lot of them because they've gotten in trouble where they've had uh, hard ticket events and the line for a certain rare character is like an hour and a half. And at that point, you're yeah. just throwing away money every minute you wait in line. That's going to be up to them on making sure they control the sale of the tickets for this event. Yeah. And and cap it. Um, other than that, I think a big one would be a special fireworks show. Mm-hmm. Um, much like your other hard ticket events. But, you know, again, those hard ticket events are 70 bucks, 70 to 80 bucks, not 150. So you're going to have to have that plus something else. You know, there's there's multiple steps to making this worth $150. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all agree. Disney, y'all need to step this up if we're ever going to cough over that much money. Mm-hmm. Question number three. What cast member position outside of a Disney park would you most want to have Derek. Uh, okay. I thought about this. Believe it or not, I thought about all of these questions. That's <laughs> <But> true. <laughs> my answer on this one, I'm not totally sure I'm sold on, but I'm going to go with it. And I would want to be a server at Victoria and Albert's chef's table because A, you know they get good tips. But mm-hmm. also... Like, they get to make that a really, really special experience for someone. And they probably deal with people who know what they're doing. Like, back to what we talked about earlier, probably aren't a lot of kids going to the chef's table. So they're going to, you know, have adult conversations with people and be able to give maybe some couples, probably one couple per night, the experience of a lifetime. I don't know. Maybe I should find someone who works there and see if I'm right, but... As of sucks. now, they're probably terrible people to eat there. Yeah, well, it might be. But that was my thought. Is I'm sure I'm sure you're right. Probably like eighty percent of the time, but I'm sure there's probably twenty percent of the time where people are complete buttholes because they're like, I've spent so much money. Mm-hmm. Wah, 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 you know how that's the kind of place where somebody would snap at you, like literally with their fingers, like. But that's when the tips make it all worth it. Like, thank you for your one hundred dollar bill, sir. Have a good night. Yeah, I spit in your soup. <laughs> I would be um, a skipper or boat driver. I don't know, I don't know what the appropriate term is for uh, for the resort for the resort launches. Oh, that's right. We've talked about this on Seven Seas Lagoon. That's that's like always what I've wanted to do. It's just, I mean, how relaxing is that? Not the Sasagula cruises. Oh, that too. But maybe maybe a little more so on Seven Seas Lagoon. Because of the magic, magical feeling of that area in the mornings and especially in the evenings. That's just got to be one of the most relaxing jobs. Well, like I said a few weeks ago, it is impossible to be on one of those boats and not be happy. Mm. That's right. I agree. Uh, my answer is I'd love to be in costuming. Um, I think it would be a fun job because, well, when I was in high school, there was a phase for about a year where I was wanted to be a tailor. And then that kind of died away. But there's still a little part of me that would like to be a tailor. I think it'd be fun. And uh, every time on the old former Backlot Tour, when it would go through the costuming shop, mm-hmm. I always wanted to go in there and explore more and just, like, see everything. So I think it'd be fun. Would you want to design or just make? Either or. Okay. 
Huh. Or, you know, like just working there and like cast members come in for like fittings and stuff. That would be yeah. fun. That would you be kind of cool. You get to see all the different costumes and and uniforms. It'd be, it'd be fun. Nice. Number four. If Disney raised Chester and Hester's Dinorama, and no, we are not inside one of Matt's dreams, <laughs> but if they raised it, what would you do with that area to make it more Animal Kingdom appropriate? And can I just start by saying I still like Chester and Hester's Dinorama, but there you go. And this is raised with a Z for all you sixth grade vocabulary folks. <laughs> right. If they demolished, <laughs> completely bulldozed. I guess for, for those of you that did not get through sixth grade vocabulary. <laughs> I, I hate Chester and Hester's Dinorama. If, for those of you that are just joining us, I hate this place. And uh, it kind of goes along with my distaste for all of Dinoland USA. I don't, I don't care for the feel. And I think this goes back to going there in 1998, opening year, and thinking Jurassic Park. I mean, you're you know five years, six years separated from that movie. You you hear the John Williams, at least as you know me as a sixth grader or uh, whatever it was, seventh eighth grader. At least I was thinking like John Williams music and big gates and jungly trails and and epic, you know, dinosaur stuff. I wasn't prepared for the kitschy 50s college town thing. And then they tack on a roadside carnival. It's like this is disastrous. The whole thing's just disastrous. So I guess I would just say along with Chester and Hester's redo Dino Land in general, maybe even change the name because that's kind of stupid. And make it into something a little more dinosaur-worthy, I guess. Theming, music, everything. I would um, raise this area and separate it entirely from Dino Land. Because I think Dino Land could be pretty self-sufficient with just the restaurant and the dinosaur attraction. And the Boneyard. I think that's that's a good enough area. Um, so something that I think is lacking at Animal Kingdom is uh, some diversity in the animals. I feel like there's a lot of, you know, Africa, Asia, and... Um, there's not enough white animals is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is I would put two... I have two options here. One, even though SeaWorld just kind of did this, they did it pretty crappy. So I would put maybe in like an, an Arctic or an Antarctic area there, which I think would be kind of cool. Maybe you could do something with polar bears and penguins. Um, or I would do like a South American kind of feel where something particularly like Peruvian where you have like uh, a Machu Picchu kind of feel. And then some llamas and maybe jaguars, kind of a, you know, how they're like, I'm thinking of when I lived in Miami there at the Miami Zoo, they opened up a new area and it was very Disney-esque feel. They did a good job with it as far as like having the music and the theming all through, it wasn't just like animals in cages. And they did like, uh, it was South American themed and they called it, um, oh gosh, I should have looked it up. Something like animals in the clouds or something like that. So it was all these animals that, you know, this high elevation in these mountains. And it was like the jaguars and stuff like that. It was really cool. So I think they're missing an opportunity to expand more globally. And that would be a good area to do it in. As much as I love Finding Nemo the Musical. I can't believe I'm about to say this. I have to prepare my mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say... <laughs> You Lesson could even more. tear down the theater in the wild and expand that area if needed to 
to make it even more encompassing. Okay. When you said South America, I was picturing like Amazon rainforest. Because we they didn't really touch on that either. Oh, you're right. You know, like toucans and monkeys and yeah, animal wise, you're right. But I'm thinking, you know, when I think rainforest, I think destruction of rainforest, and that's kind of taken care of in uh, Kali River Rapids. No, I think like chameleons and hummingbirds and toucans and all sorts of one one legged cave gods. That's exactly what came to my mind first, yeah. Uh, no, I said, so Animal Kingdom doesn't really have a slow-moving dark ride, which is kind of Disney's trademark. And so I was thinking something sort of like Spaceship Earth that takes you through, like, extinct animals. And I guess it would have to be animatronics because they're extinct. Um, and this might actually be super boring the more I think about it, because I love Animal Kingdom and this might ruin it. But... I don't know, just like a little history lesson on dodo birds and woolly mammoths. I was mammoths. about to say, Here's, here is a dodo. <laughs> but like the woolly mammoth is actually in Spaceship Earth, and that's a pretty cool little scene there at the beginning. I mean, it's a screen, but I don't know. That that might completely suck. And actually, the harder I thought about this, I'm like, Chester and Hester's is perfect. This is why they didn't do anything else. Perfect is a strong word, but yeah, it's good. <laughs> just the wrong word. Number five. What song or background loop in the park would you least want to listen to for 10 hours a day? Not 9, not 12, 10, 10 hours. Jeremy. Uh, my answer is a song that I like, but not for 10 hours or whatever the time frame was. And that is the Swiss Apolka. Um I think there's a reason why the song is only about two minutes long. And that's because it's enjoyable, but only in short supply. So uh, if I had to listen to that <laughs> on a constant loop, um, I'd be going cray-cray. Nice. And of course, we're talking about the song that plays inside Swiss Family Treehouse. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And see, I just did it for like 10 seconds, and you're like, that's enough, Jeremy. Thanks. Yeah. It, just does that. it does that for one, like two more minutes, and that's it. <laughs> that's a good one. I didn't think about that one. My answer was actually easy because I actually thought this last week as I was exiting this attraction, and it's one little spark from Journey into Imagination because Aww. it's there as you leave. And there were like two or three cast members standing there, and I, I remember thinking, like, you poor souls, you have to. And it, it's not even like a, a melodic. Or a pleasant voice. It's like, imagine. Yeah. I'm like, uh-uh. I couldn't. They go home at night. Like, they shower. Think about it. They shower. They eat dinner. They eat breakfast. They eat lunch. Everything they do, they're like, da 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 They're like zombies by now. Just all the time. Oh, no, thank you. Couldn't do it. <laughs> but like you said, Jeremy, I do like the song. I mean, it's a Sherman Brothers song. It's a great little tune. It's just, yeah. can't we get, like, some winner of the voice to sing it or something instead of eric idol <laughs> well yeah. it's all it's also figment a little bit oh yeah you yeah, right. yeah. so oh. he's the one you gotta watch out for yeah he's a little trickster he's a little mischievous uh i would say this is very broad i would say any yeah any magic kingdom parade or castle stage show music Vamos, vamos. Yeah, I can't. Because they're all, because the parade music 
whether it's that little move it, shake it, celebrate it thing, or what is it? It's, it's like a stupid name now. It's like dance it's it. Move it, shake it, dance it, play it. Like, what does that mean? No, that dance doesn't it. mean anything. I know. I, yeah. And then um, the, even the Festival of Fantasy, it's just because the, the it's very travel you yeah. know, the progression is very moving and the, the high energy. And just after about 10 minutes of the same, like, thing, it, it's I'm done with that. What did Jessica think they were saying instead of vamos? Donald. <laughs> yeah. Because there was a psychological thing that took place when she heard what they were saying. It was muffled, you know, in the streets of, uh, uh, in the street, in the streets of Main Street, in Main <laughs> Street, on Main Street, you know, all you get is, oh, 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 you know, you heard the vowels. Yeah. And then she turned around and saw Donald on a float. And she's like, oh, it must be Donald. Donald. No. Yeah. <laughs> they say that word at least 50 times. Vamos. Um, this is when I wish like the MC had like a microphone and was like going around like putting in people's faces to sing the lyric and (laughs) Jessica was like Donald (laughs) (laughs) no 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 and they're like Tiki Room and something Donny Don 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 that's good thank you for sharing (laughs) that (laughs) teach us all the lyrics please yes Number six, if you were forced to give a Marvel overlay to a current Walt Disney World attraction, what would you do? Okay, first of all, this question is inspired by a rumor that we mentioned that is gaining a lot of traction about the Tower of Terror in Disney California Adventure getting a Guardians of the Galaxy overlay. Like, it's becoming more and more legit the more time goes by. But is it just is because it? <laughs> just because people are talking about it doesn't mean that it's true. No, no, more I I mean, no, I get that. I mean, I've seen more and more tweets saying, "No, we really have heard this from inside sources, from various people saying that." Now, again, it's it's not confirmed, but I, I just the closer it gets, I'm like, "Please tell me you're kidding. This can't even be real." But anyway, all that to say, now we have to think of one for Walt Disney World. And my answer is to overlay Stitch's Great Escape because Tomorrowland right now is already kind of just a a land of franchises because you've got Buzz and you've got Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. Like, it's not... I know Space Mountain isn't a franchise, but, you know, you've already got, like, movie franchises in there. So why not throw another one in? And I could say... I said you could do some sort of Tony Stark demonstration inside stitch so like maybe he's in the middle and he does he like he lifts all your chairs in the air or something and then he shoots fire well, that's, useful. that's <laughs> useful for society we've made lifting chairs <laughs> you could drive your chair from your office to the kitchen to get a snack. We, we have those they're called scooters little no these scooters. H- hover chairs that oh, okay. zip you to the kitchen. I've seen where this ends. It's not a good place. It's called Wally, and you don't <laughs> want hovering chairs. Interesting. But he could I just feel like there's some demonstration where Tony Stark could do kind of cool things with your seats. Where you wouldn't have to completely gut I mean it's an overlay. Otherwise it'd be a completely different attraction. I basically just want Stitch's Great Escape to go as well. These technologically advanced seats lick the back of your head. <laughs> They yeah. emit smells like chili dog. The future is amazing. 
Now I see why Captain America hates him. <laughs> That's what started the Civil War. He created a chili dog seat. He kept licking Captain America's head. And uh, <laughs> everybody was like, stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. stop. <laughs> okay, Mr. Matthew, what did you come up with? Well, mine was also a Tony Stark themed presentation, <laughs> but mine is <laughs> mine is at a place that could not sink any lower, and that is Mission Space, because I think that you could keep the 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 I think you could keep the skeleton of the attraction, you could keep the gravitron style seats, but just completely renovate it as if you were in some sort of Iron Man type. Ask what's the little source of his power on his chest called? What is that thing called? His heart. I don't know. <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. Thing. Yeah, the yeah, but that you know, and that's something that's been um, what tapped into and cultivated, and is powering lots of technology, which I think is something that happens on those movies, correct? Because I have only seen the first Iron Man. I don't really know what you're talking about. It's like a source of energy that's, that that they're trying to tap into to use in other ways, except for putting it on his chest and making him Iron Man. It's like nuclear fission energy or something weird like that. Okay. Okay. All right, whatever. Whatever it is, comic book people, write in and tell us about it. <laughs> yes, please. And um, so it, Mission Space is like that, and you're in these little pods that are designed to, I don't know, they've been equipped with this energy source, and they have all these abilities. So think like, I hate that I'm saying this, but it's Mission Space, so it can only get better. Think Spider-Man, think Transformers, in the sense that you feel like you're in something bigger than you are, especially on the Transformers thing, to where this thing grows and rises. And you can use that whole simulator thing to your advantage and use the spin, the gravitational force when you're zooming out or going, I don't know. It could be a lot more interactive, too. Like, actually make the guns and things in there do stuff. And I think that that would make it a little more attractional. Hmm. The more we talk about this, the more I realize why there are smarter people than we are who are Imagineers. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> I mean, you trust my idea, too. Well, you're bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Jeremy, trump us both. My answer has the potential to be corny, but I think it also has the potential to be really good. And that is I want to overlay the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular with a Marvel stump spectacular. But I don't want it to be like how Indiana Jones currently is with like the theme of the movie, uh, where like you're filming an actual movie. I just want it to be like the Marvel characters coming out and like fighting and like doing like a little maybe like 15 minute story where the Avengers are fighting bad guys and it'd be really cool. It's like a theatrical production with stunts. Exactly. Kind of like the but, thing that tore. But not like. Here's a stunt. This man's going to do a flip and not break his neck. Yeah, yeah, Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay, that's so much better than either of our ideas. Well, thank you. But uh, I think, yeah, you know, but again, I, like that touring thing, I think is kind of corny. Maybe it's not. Kids like it, but I want it to be something that adults will like as well. Uh, my answer was not bad, by the way. <laughs> I, <laughs> I appreciate my answer. Levitating chairs is, that's your answer, <laughs> not mine. But seriously, that is the perfect solution to the fact that Indiana Jones is 25 years old now. Why have they not? I mean, I know there are rights with Marvel and all that, but oh my gosh, now I really want to see that. Yeah, but I think, yeah, people would lose their mind if like the Guardians of the Galaxy came out and like started fighting, you know, bad guys or. Yeah. Or Iron Man like soared over your heads or something. Yeah, totally. Oh, if Iron Man could fly, that would be. Swords would... over your head. 
Like if he flew. Like he flies. Like oh, he soars. I thought you said swords. Like <laughs> swords. If he turns into Samurai Man. <laughs> hey, didn't they do like a traveling version of something like this in like Coliseums and things? What was it? The Marvel Experience? Marvel yeah, Experience that's what I was referring to as like corny. I think it was really kind of... At least from what I saw, I never saw it live, but I saw things about it. And it's like watching the Power Rangers. Yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, it would have to be cooler than that. Totally, totally cool. Oh my gosh, I would love that. Number seven, if you could scrap Liberty Inn, which is the quick service restaurant in the American Pavilion, which we've talked about before, if you could scrap it and start again with a new quick service concept from scratch, what would you do, Matt? Um, this one was hard to to do, and namely just because of the theming of the building, uh, which is that very stately colonial uh, building. I, I don't want to mess with that at all. So it's hard to you know just say we're going to do a barbecue shack or something like that. But I thought something in the line of um, in in the foodie craze, you know, food trucks and uh, farm to table and. Um, minimalist and and all these weird things that that people are saying are, are eating and loving like food trucks and foodie stuff, you know because people with man buns and long beards and thick rim glasses tell them it's good, then people go out and buy it and love it. So I think tapping into that foodie craze because there's not really per se an American cuisine, you know like this is America except you know some some things out that are already served there. But if we're going to tap into what's going on in America now, I think that kind of foodie, food truck, weird combinations, fusion type food is what people are really into now. And that's that's very America. You mean like fried eggs on burgers or something? Yeah, fried eggs on burgers like uh, kimchi tacos and um, food truck stuff that, that people just like. Honestly, I think what makes this for people, you think about this. You're not going to go somewhere and order some of the food that you would order and think is terrific just because it came off of a truck. That's really what makes it. So how to make that work here, I don't know. But that's the only thing I can think of. I'm picturing all of a sudden the American Pavilion turns into like – it looks like a RV campground with all these food trucks parked out there. That's it's, not what we want. It's just hippies. Is it better than the – is it worse than Liberty Inn? Who's to say? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Well, my answer is going to keep the hamburgers and hot dogs and quote-unquote American cuisine. But what's better than bad food? Good theming. So you can forgive bad food if you have good themes. So my answer is uh, it's going to be called FDR's Fireside Snacks. And uh, it's going to be a restaurant themed around FDR. Uh -uh. So all of the waiters are going to have polio (laughs) or recovering from polio. No, and all the chairs, all the chairs could be wheelchairs. (laughs) Oh, my word. (laughs) Wait a minute. I love that idea. I love that idea. (laughs) Um, And so. Wait, all the waiters are going to pretend to have polio or you're going to send out like flyers saying help wanted. (laughs) You must have polio. We only hire victims of actual polio. Oh, my word. So um, they're all going to be 70-plus years old, but that's okay. <laughs> Isn't there, like, a shot for that now? Well, there'll be people that refuse to get the vaccine and want polio just to work at this restaurant. <laughs> Could we be more offensive right now? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, stop. Free focus. But while you're dining, 
you will get to listen to FDR's actual fireside chats as mm. if you were living in 1943 in the midst of World War II. And so your serving sizes will be rationed. At one point, you know, you'll ask for a refill. No, sir. Sorry, you've reached your limit. Um, you know, so the only beverage is coffee and I like water and watered down coffee out of an, out of like a tin cup, you know, like yeah. how they used to, and you have to bring it yourself. And, um, also, uh, random times there might be air raids. So you have to quickly uh, duck cover just in case. Yeah. Fireside snacks. Fireside if snacks. your place is being bombed, if your town is being bombed and there are bombs leveling entire buildings best thing you can do is get under a piece of small furniture <laughs> and cover your head. Yes. It'll protect you from your entire building being blown to smithereens. Hey, but this actually works because Eleanor Roosevelt is uh, famous for serving hot dogs once at a White House dinner. So, there you go. So, the hot dog theme works. Disney's definitely going to do it now. Totally. Gourmet, Eleanor's gourmet wieners right there. She wasn't much into wieners. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> My answer. Like, I kind of ran into the problem Matt did because this does not at all fit the American pavilion colonial theme. But I feel like the one thing, one of the things that Disney World at large is missing, nothing close to this, is a 50s style diner with like... I mean, think Steak and Shake, kind of, but obviously much better than that with um, patty melts, which I love, and meatloaf sandwiches, and, like, hash browns, uh, and and (laughs) as far as dessert goes, I don't know why I thought hash browns, but as far as dessert goes, you need, like, one of those long counters at the front with all the freshly baked cakes and pies. Like, you can't even get pie in Disney World in the sense that, like, they pull out a nice cold peanut butter pie from under the counter and they cut you a slice. Like, who doesn't want a fresh slice of strawberry pie? And I feel like that's pretty American, you know, the whole diner 50s feel. That is very American, totally Americana, and I absolutely agree. I think that's a great idea. And so just have a jukebox in the corner, maybe mm-hmm. playing some old 1950s Elvis. You know, everybody, your waiter maybe with a poodle skirt on or a, a leather jacket. Probably your waitress will have the poodle skirt on. We're not here to judge. <laughs> it depends on how they identify. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a perfect, perfect idea. Thanks, yeah. I mean, it doesn't fit at all, but I feel like people would actually go out of their way, maybe, to go to the American Quick Service restaurant if it had that really good diner food. Absolutely, totally, because it's it's very hard to, like, put your finger on what is American because we are such a melting pot. But you're absolutely right. The the diner feel is totally American. You won't find that. Kimchi tacos. (laughs) Okay, fine. You can be on the other side of the American Pavilion. Thank you. And then the diner will be on the other side. And then fireside snacks will be like in the bomb shelter. (laughs) (laughs) That works even better. Okay, great. Number eight. What's something you'd love to see go disastrously wrong at Walt Disney World? Other than spinners going out of control. Yes, that that could be an answer for this. I have something much worse in mind. though. (laughs) Oh, boy. I feel like this question is going to reveal some very sick natures that we all possess. <laughs> uh, um, and, and listen, I am currently um, in school uh, studying 
to be a paramedic. And I don't wish harm on anybody. Um, but I say this whenever I have to go on my ambulance rotations. And I'll say this about my thing here at Walt Disney World. I don't want this to happen. But if it has to happen, I want to know about it. Because my question is, how tall is too tall for Space Mountain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Like, where is the yes. line of um, Shaquille O'Neal can't ride anymore because he's going to get bonked on the head? Um, so that's what... Uh, more than just a bonk, you know, <laughs> like 50 miles an hour. So my question, like, you know, my thing is I want to be there the day that the, the person is just a little too tall for Space Mountain. <laughs> there has to be a limit. Yeah, those tunnels are really small. At least they, they feel... It depends really- on if your tallness is in your legs or in your torso. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm just an inch too short, mm-hmm. you know, which I know is wrong, but you just get that feeling. And, and you're four feet, too. Not a lot of people know that. but you're really <laughs> yes. One uh, one of my favorite <laughs> discovered TV shows on Netflix called Midsummer Murders. It's a wonderful British crime series. Uh, it's kind of kitschy in its own right. But the other day, someone got murdered by decapitation, and he was riding on a motorcycle. And his killer decided to kill him by hanging a trip wire, you know, like a very thin uh, wire between two trees. So that when this gentleman rode by on his motorcycle, it showed it from behind and his head just popped off his body. And then the, and then the lifeless, headless body just kind of crashes into the ground. That doesn't sound kitschy at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's dark comedy. I enjoy it. So you're saying anyway, you want that to happen on Space Mountain? Yes. Well, no. That, let's just say, like Jeremy said, it. If some, bad things are going to happen, I just like to be there when they do. <laughs> or at when least that get car all the pulls into when the car pulls into the unloading zone, <laughs> and there's a lifeless, headless man there. Like, what happens? What What do you do in that moment? What's the Disney What's the Disney code for that? <laughs> Code H? Yeah, Headless? Red, Red Queen, Queen of Hearts. And the- <laughs> Red Queen. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I want that to be in the manual so bad. <laughs> well, mine is much less gruesome than that. But it is still, I guess, kind of wrong. I want to see a character bite it so bad. Like, I feel like I always see videos of this happening or I hear stories of some character that tripped and fell. It has to happen all the time and I've never seen it and I really want to. Like in and, and I thought of this when we ate at Be Our Guest and Beast comes in and there's like that big fanfare. So everybody turns their head and all the kids are like, ooh, there's Beast and he's waving. I just want him so bad, like halfway down the uh, dining area to just bite it on his face. And like, you know, that's an awkward costume. So his handlers have to help him up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, if this is your jam, if this is what gets you there, there's lots of videos on uh, YouTube for you to enjoy. I know, and they're hilarious, but like, why can't why can't I see it in person? <laughs> I want to capture the video and put it on YouTube, you know? <laughs> that would make the after hours thing worth $150. <laughs> yes. You're guaranteed in every show, every parade, everything that happens, a character will bite the dust. <laughs> or That'd like you can vote on how you want it to happen. I want him to crush a small child. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I mean, not like kill the child or even harm him, but where the kid's like screaming. like Oh, see, that's ah. implied and crushed to me. Oh, sorry. Like, I just mean crushed crush in the sense that like smashes you against the ground. Listen, and I'm the one that has the reputation on this show. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. I want a child to die. Mm. Uh, send your emails to Derek at madchatters.net and 
Yeah. Mine involves crashing, things crashing, and it's it's at Phantasmic. And it doesn't have to... It could be either of these. The floats with the princesses that go by. Uh, the float with Rafiki and the monkeys that goes by. Um, or the little canoes with the with the really offensively wigged Native Americans on board. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in any of those... Because they're, they're not on track. There's a person driving them. And so it's very possible that something could happen, person could fall asleep, steering could be lost, and those things just plow into each other. And in the case of the Rafiki and the monkeys, those are moving pretty quickly. They, yeah. I mean, they, they, they move by there pretty, pretty fast. There would be some hurt. There would be some people being thrown overboard. And I'd love <laughs> to see Rafiki swimming for his life there in the Phantasmic Lagoon. Hey, but that would answer another question I have, and that is... How deep is that lagoon? Hmm. Because I've always wanted to know, is it three feet deep? Is it nine feet deep? We don't hmm. Interesting. I think I'd prefer to see the princess one crash because you know they... Oh, no, they don't lip sync. Never mind. The music plays, but they don't move their mouths. Still, if they, like, lost their mouth... Or what about Ariel stuck in that rock and she just, like, fell over? <laughs> She's a mermaid. She can swim. Yeah, I mean, like, fell over off the ground, and her fishtail was like left on the rock. <laughs> That's great, flailing around on the ground. Oh, man, we're horrible, horrible people. Yes, Ooh, we're we are horrible people. Number nine: If you could take any attraction, current or extinct, and use it as a theme for an experience that's not an attraction, i.e., a resort, restaurant, etc., what would you do? Okay, stay with me. Space Mountain is going to become Space Mount N, I-N-N. No. <laughs> Which kind of makes you think like Motel 6 when you hear N, but it's not. It's just a play on words. But it's going to be shaped like Space Mountain, except there'll be windows, obviously, because you're in a hotel. And everything's going to be kind of futuristic, like mood lighting, kind of dark. Everything's going to have, like, curved, sleek lines. Almost, It kind of makes me think of, like, Japanese hotels that I've seen in pictures where everything looks a little futuristic-y. Uh, the bench, you'll have, like, a, a couch-type thing in your in your room that will be just like the one that's in the little dining section on the ex- okay. in the exit that Jeremy loves. Mm-hmm. But the best thing will be the sit-down restaurant that's there will be on the top floor, and the entire ceiling will be your, like, Starfield type thing that is in the attraction ah. with the giant chocolate chip cookie floating by that's supposed to be an asteroid. Space Mount Inn. Space Mount Inn. And that will be your new moderate resort on property. Mm. Mine is the Dreamport restaurant. Now, and this could be, I don't know, replacing Fountain fountain view oh no you know what it could be it could be in the upstairs of the old image works and it could be a table service um classic journey to imagination themed restaurant with um a dream finder that goes table to table with the little puppet figment or even better an animatronic figment like the remy or lumiere uh ones that would be great and uh the dream port uh, for those that do not know, being the, the classic finale to the ride where after you've collected all of your things for your imagination and dreams, you take it all back to the 
Dreamport where you unload all these things. So there could be different themed rooms, much like the old attraction, whether it's the horror and suspense room or the adventure room or the mathematics room or the science room or art room and all that stuff. Um, and then they could even use pieces and portions or recreations of the old rides in these rooms. That'd be great. What is the menu like? Eclectic. Oh, so specific. <laughs> yes. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I mean, then figments, fried chicken tenders. <laughs> nice. Figminced meat. Yeah, there you go. I kind of feel like you're stepping into the '80s with it, but in all the right ways. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's yeah. what's so great about Journey to Imagination is that it was in the '80s. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm with you. Yeah. Totes my goats. I get it. Uh, my answer is I'm going to – you know the space that's like two – when you look at Tower Tear from Sunset Boulevard and there's like that gap that they used to be like where Darth Maul's was during Star Wars weekends. Um, so I'm going to build a table service restaurant there themed to Tower of Terror. And so you're, you will actually check in at the actual hotel desk lobby. There will be another mm. entrance. So the queue will still go in for the ride, but then you will check in for your reservations there. But then the um, the dining room will still have that creepy old feel where your servers will be kind of ghostly looking and gaunt, kind of creepy. Uh the music, I want like a live band, like a 1920s live band, but I want them to have – I don't know how you do this with live music, but um, still have that like creepy feel to the music while you're eating and dining. And uh, so you just kind of – it would be a great restaurant where you, you know you kind of have that throwback feel, but in like a scary kind of way. But not like boo scary, but just like – you know the cobwebs are st- yes, and the cobwebs are still going to be there, and the feel is going to be like, wow, this is not right, kind of hmm. a thing. All so. the songs are old swing songs, but in a minor key. Absolutely, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. there you go. And you could even bring out bring out like a like an old like Miss Havisham kind of feeling woman to sing maybe every oh, now okay. and then. You know, Starina. Yeah, you know, like I was just watching Sunset Boulevard. I've been, I've always loved that Sunset Boulevard, but I rewatched the movie recently, and like that Norma Desmond, like, mm-hmm. like she's stuck in the past kind of feel. You know, there's something oddly attractive. Something off, yes, like the Epstein's. I don't know what an Epstein uh, is. What is that? Oh, it's a Family Guy reference. These people that are trapped in a hotel and they don't know what year it is. Oh. Okay, like, we- We're going to see Bobby Darren at the Copa tonight, aren't we? <laughs> No, I like that idea. And Hollywood Studios could use all the help it could get yes, in, in the way of table service restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if it turns into Guardians of the Galaxy Tower, then uh, you could have a Marvel-themed restaurant there. <laughs> Great. Cool. You could eat raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. Final question. Oh, by the way, I did not mention that there will be a ball pit in Space Mountain, <laughs> kind of like there is in the queue. Oh, I'm sold. Yes. That's how you get to your table. I don't think they do those anymore. No, that's how you get to your table. Like the waiter, like the the hostess is like, follow me. And she slides down a slide and that's what takes you to the dining room. And, And, And like the queue for Space Mountain, there's no explanation. Of the ball pit. <laughs> yes. Right. It's just it's like there. You crawl and out. If and if you, you ask, what is this for? They say, 
don't know what you're talking about. In the future, everyone has a ball pit. Yes. <laughs> Number 10. If there was, <laughs> and I'm sure there is, but if there was a specific place at Walt Disney World during a specific time of day, your happy place, if you will, and you could transport to that time and place whenever you wanted, where slash when would it be? I'm going to go out of order and start on this one because okay. my answer is one that I've given before, but I could not think of a better answer. As I have often said, there is no place better than sunset around World Showcase Lagoon. Um, watching the sun just disappear behind the clouds. You got to be on the Mexico side of the World Showcase, and it is just gorgeous. So get you a nice beverage, stand there at the railing, and just enjoy God and Walt's handiwork. And like mm. the hour after that is wonderful too, when the when the torches turn on and the Illuminations pre-show music starts pumping. Yes, yes. One of my favorite places and times ever. That's a good one. Mine is also dusk, sunset-ish, you know, that maybe three hours around that time. And it is Seven Seas Lagoon. And it could be on the boat. It could be at Narcusis, which is a wonderful place. It could be out on the beaches of the Polynesian Resort, Polynesian Village Resort. Um, I just love that whole area. That's Seven Seas Lagoon, just because of the beautiful resorts, the water, the trees, the just everything about it is one of those places where you go at Walt Disney World and you take people, and I wouldn't be able to help myself as a first time or whatever, but think this is absolutely amazing. That this is just so pristine and so perfect of a, of a place. Um, yeah, I, I would I just zone there because usually if I want to get away, I want to be I want to be peaceful and quiet and just sit and be serene. And the porch of Narcusis overlooking the Seven Seas Lagoon is the best. Because the Magic Kingdom is there. You see it. You can hear the train whistle. But you're not with the hustle and bustle. And the water's peaceful. The boats are moving. People are happy. And uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful place and time to be. Mine is actually late at night. Like the 10 minutes right before Magic Kingdom closes. The fireworks are long over. So people, mm. all the crowds have gone. But the music is playing, all the lights are on, and I'm on Main Street USA. Yes, preach. I was going to say that too. Oh my gosh, I love it because you just feel like you kind of, you, there are people all around you, but you feel like you kind of have the park to yourself and it's like, I have 10 minutes, what am I going to do right now? And I just want to like stand there and take in the, take in the music, take in the smells. It's, yes. I get the late night thing too, but and I hate to be like dusk, 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 but my favorite, one of my favorite times to be on Main Street is like when you've been out of the park eating at like Ohana or Whispering Canyon or something and you're coming back to the Magic Kingdom and it's one of those evenings it's open to like midnight and it's eight and you know I've got four hours and you're walking down Main Street you know it's dusky it's a little cooler than it has been the music is playing that's a wonderful maybe after it's rained and you got the oh, smell yeah. that's a wonderful time to be on Main Street yeah I, but one of my last nights there a couple of weeks ago it was almost midnight the fireworks were long over and just standing there on Main Street Mm. With, there were very few people around, but it was there was still enough to make you feel like you were part of you know a, an exciting time. But yep. gosh, I just loved it. And it, it, and since it's almost closed, you don't get that feeling like I need to be somewhere. It's just like let's just enjoy it because I'm about to leave. Mm. So, yep. Speaking of about to leave, this is where we leave you. That's it for another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find us online on Twitter at Mad Chatters, on Instagram at Mad Chatters, on Facebook. Thank you so much for the reviews you've left us 
on iTunes. That's just one way you can help out the show. So if you are so inclined, we'd love for you to help us out over there. And we will see you next week. Take a little time to find the magic in every day. Bye-bye now. Oh, crap. From what question? Oh, my gosh. Question one? No, I think think when you came back on and gave your Marvel answer. That was a while ago. I know. (laughs) That was two questions ago. Let me see. (laughs) You know, what's funny, I had a premonition, like, just the other day, I, like, thought, what would happen if he didn't record, like, a whole episode? (laughs) How awful that would be. It was the Marvel thing. Y'all, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We'll just, I'm recording now, so we'll just try to recreate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll just try to say exactly what we said without being awkward and laughing. We're all good actors. You read the... J- Jeremy read that question. No, it was my turn, right? My turn to answer. Oh, right? it was his turn. Yeah. I already yeah. answered all those. Okay. Yeah. My answer is uh, has the potential to be really... Um, corny or bad, but I think it might be nice. And that is, I want to lay over the uh, Indiana Jones stunt spectacular to like a Marvel <laughs> stunt. Stop it. <laughs> no, I'm just making fun of myself because I'm so about to say yes. No, I saw I was trying face. to I was, I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just have to push through it. It's going to be yeah, awkward. Push through. It's going to be terrible. I'm just not, I'm going to turn my video off. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay. You can't see my embarrassment. Okay. <laughs> to a Marvel stunt spectacular. No, you gotta start that again. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> okay, I'm not that good at editing. All right. You're a professional. You're good. Mm. I once urinated on the storm slide at Typhoon Lagoon. Matthew. I'm not going to tell you when it was or who was with me and who was behind me. And I'm just thinking it was not. (laughs) It's like, wait a second. Suffice it to say that green light meant more than you may slide now. (laughs) It was uncontrollable. I'm usually not one to urinate (laughs) in pools and such, but I had gotten to the top of that line. I was not getting out to go to the restroom. I was already doing like the crisscross leg dance. And so by the time I sat in that water, I was like... Just let go and let God all the way down. You better be glad it did not turn like bright blue, like whatever those yes. dyes they have. Mm. This guy peed in the pool. Uh, yeah. That is It'd be like a blue streak all the way down the slide. <laughs> <laughs> Better than a brown streak, I guess. So Yes. Uh, no, I've never done that. <laughs> I still haven't seen the good dinosaur. Mm. Mm. Me neither, and that was almost one of mine. I feel like my confession should be I saw the good dinosaur. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs>